Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hello, my name is Hera Arsen. We are coming to you live today from Ogletree Deacons National Seminar Workplace Strategies here in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. I am sitting here today with Betsy Johnson, who is a shareholder in our Los Angeles office. And Betsy's here today to speak to us about employee privacy issues in California. Betsy, tell me, with all of the technical advances that we are seeing and us truly being in a digital age professionally and personally, is there such a thing as privacy? Hera, good morning, everybody. And um, Hera, thank you for inviting me to do the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Um, This is a topic that I really uh, enjoy uh, speaking about. And in fact, this afternoon when I do my California law presentation, this is a part of my my presentation. Um, But to your point, your question about is there anything, uh, such thing as privacy left, that's a very good question because over the years, because of the digital technology, we, uh, our privacy rights, whether we like it or not, have been whittled away. Um, Once the internet became the accepted way to gather, store, and share news information, uh, more and more of our personal information on our personal lives became available for all to see if you knew where to look for it. Our private lives in many ways are no longer private. I mean, in fact, have you Googled yourself lately? I find it odd that we've created a new verb called right. Google. Right. <laughs> you Googled. Have you Googled yourself lately? I mean, there are so many, so much information about us just through the public records. Uh, you can find out when somebody got married, when somebody got divorced, whether somebody sold or bought a house. Where they live. Where they address. live. Yeah, or if there's a sex offender living in your right. neighborhood. So there's so much information about us out there. Um, but it, during the pandemic, the the, the technological advances that we that has have come out of the pandemic have made it more difficult to separate our private lives from our work lives. Um, most of us went virtual overnight. Uh, in many cases, we had to use our personal computers and our personal phones until our our employers and our companies were able to um, distribute work um, work equipment if they could at all. Some of us are still using right. personal equipment. And I, I have to say, I never used Zoom before until the pandemic. <laughs> but if you think about those early Zoom calls we had when nobody was really knew how to use filters and things like that, what actually happened is, as employers, we invited ourselves into employee homes. Right. Uh, you remember, though, you could see the kids, the, the, the spouse, the cats, the dogs, the messy kitchen, the messy bedroom. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and we had a whole different perspective on our employees' lives through that. For those um, in the critical industries who didn't shut down, suddenly you had information about employees on a daily basis about their health through COVID screening um, protocols and testing protocols. Then when the vaccines came along, we learned even more about our employees if they requested religious um, accommodations or medical accommodations from receiving um, uh, the vaccine. So in a word, employers now have way too much 
PMI right. about their employees. I think, Betsy, you've seen all of my pets several <laughs> times as they walk in front of me during yeah. meetings, yep. these meetings. But um, given all of this, is there any, um, since our private lives are really meshing with our professional lives so much more recently, are there any things that employers should know in particular about California laws, rules, regulations? Is there anything that, that employers need to be aware of when they are at, you know, watching people's lives mm -hmm. in their personal houses? Is there anything in particular in California? Of course, it's California. Course. It's California. <laughs> Um, yes, California has several um, statutory and other privacy rules that affect uh, the way employers or limit, the, um, in some cases, not as much as they used to, limit the employer's ability to um, gather information and use information and share, store information about, uh, about their employees. Uh, but the first thing I want to say is a lot of times people confuse in the private workspace, not public employees or public employers, but in the private workspace, when I do training for supervisors on harassment and things like that, somebody will always ask me, well, don't we have freedom of speech in our, can't we say whatever we want because the U.S. Constitution protects us? Well, interestingly enough, in the private workspace, the U.S. Constitution does not apply. So we don't have a federal right to privacy in the work, in the workplace. But California, the California Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, gives all California residents and employees uh, the right to privacy. Um, and that is a right that, because it's a constitutional right, it is not a right that the employer can just uh, necessarily um, take away. Uh, so we, you know, so we have that background in California. In addition, California has laws like the, um, like the Civil Code Section 56, which is the Confidentiality of Medical Information Act. So for those of you who are, have employees in California, you know this, you have to keep all the medical information um, uh, regarding doctor's notes and, or, and um, uh, FMLA paperwork or ADA paperwork. Which Betsy had to have come into play a lot during the pandemic, right? Because you are learning, as you said, about medical information. You know, you have people's, your employees' medical information, mm -hmm. or maybe they need an accommodation, a medical accommodation for a vaccine. So you're probably gathering more information than you ever have as an employer. Absolutely. And it's so important that employers, I mean, we have to keep records of the testing, you know, COVID testing and COVID screening, but those have to be kept confidential, only available to those who really need to know. Uh, and they have to be kept separate from the employee's personnel file. Uh, also, we have an interesting law in California, Labor Code 96K, which says that we cannot take any kind of adverse action against an employee uh, for their off-duty conduct and behavior, as long as it's lawful. So if employees are out there uh, selling drugs or whatever, that's not lawful activity, and we can certainly take action about that. But the day-to-day -day stuff that employees do, especially in the context of all this employee activism, in right. fact, we have a whole 
sec segment on that today right. or during the w, uh, workplace strategies. But because of the employee activism, um, we are uh, they're engaged in protests, right. and some of them have been arrested because of their protests. And some of these have gone viral too, because everybody's taking a video. Absolutely, and no matter how bad it might look or how much you might think it affects your your company's image, you can't take any kind of action against those employees for engaging in that kind of lawful right. off-duty conduct. You know, and then of course, social media. Right. Social media has just become ubiquitous in, the, in our lives. But there's so much information out there on social media and employees are just sharing so much even though they might not think about, well, what if my employer sees this or can they have access to it? They're just sharing so much of themselves on social media. And California has, uh, uh, you might expect, we have a labor code section, uh, 890, 980, excuse me, that prohibits employers from forcing employees to provide them with their social media logins and passwords. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have to caution, that some employers think, well, I can't force the employee to tell me things or show me things. They think, oh, I'll just ask one of their friends who has access yeah. to personal information about the employee. You can't do that either. You can't ask another person to do something that you're legally, as an employer, not allowed to do. Right. Um, and the list goes on. Uh, you know, again, because of the technology and also because of security. Think of, you know, all the security measures that we're taking. There are cameras everywhere. And for many, many years, employers had cameras in the workplace. And California, of course, has a labor code section 436 that limits the ability of employers to video record their employees. So you can have cameras all over the place in the workplace, except bathrooms, locker rooms, changing rooms, or places where an employee might have an expectation of privacy uh, in the workplace. Uh, so uh, that, that's been around for a while, but what the new twist is that comes from our, our technology is that most of these videos also record audio. And that's a problem in California, right. because California is what we call a two-party consent state. So you cannot surreptitiously record someone's conversations, um, uh, especially if they're intended to be confidential conversations, uh, without their consent. And that's why when you call many, you know, call centers, they say, this call is being recorded for customer service and whatever it is. That, by staying on the line, you're giving the consent to be recorded. So is that also why our video calls have that, if it has a recording option, it is very explicit about that, right? Abs absolutely. That tells you right up front with that noise that says, this session is being recorded. Yeah. So, um, so yes, uh, so that's a problem. And in fact, California makes it a crime. Uh, under the penal code sections uh, 631 and 632. Uh, it is a uh, criminal activity if someone um, records conversations without the other person or person's uh, consent. So be careful if you have cameras. Then we have, uh, and I was just reading about this the other day, GPS. Mm -hmm. uh, GPS devices in company vehicles or personal vehicles that employees use for business is becoming a big issue, especially now that, well, for the 
for the industries that never shut down, um, they, um, you know, uh, especially if they have technicians and people who go on the road, it has been common to have some kind of a GPS in company vehicles for a very long time, and that's perfectly okay. Um, but a lot of times, um, some employers are asking employees to put uh, some kind of a tracker in their personal vehicles that they're using for work so they can keep track of mileage and, mm -hmm. and locations and stuff like that. And uh, California uh, makes it a crime to have any kind of a, uh, a mobility tracker, a GPS device uh, in, a, in an employee's vehicle uh, without their consent. And in fact, some employers are saying, I don't need to put it in the video. If they're carrying their phone, right. I can find them anyway. Um, and that's not okay. Again, the key to a lot of this stuff is if you have the employee's consent, uh, informed, express uh, consent to, to monitor them, you're allowed to do it. So let me ask you, Betsy, you talked a little, a little bit about Labor Code 980. Mm -hmm. So that's a situation in which you're asking the employee to show you their social media. Yeah. But what if you have an applicant and they're not your employee and they're applying for a job and you can see that they have public profiles on some of these. Can you take a look and well, see what you can find about this person before you make a hiring decision? Well, my favorite legal answer in California is, it depends. depends. <laughs> Good one. It depends. Um, so anything that's in the public domain that an employer or recruiter or HR can find just by Googling or uh, stuff that employees put on a public page or whatever it is, anything that's out there in the public domain is fair game. So yes, you can go and snoop out your, your applicants. You can go and snoop out your employees too. I mean, I've even bef way before the pandemic, I've, I've counseled employees about uh, employers that, you know, they have an employee that they um, know is, uh, you know, they, they, they put in for a vacation for a long weekend. It was denied because other people had the time off. And then, ma you know, magically they're sick the days that they wanted to go on okay. vacation. And I've had many uh, employees forget and they post pictures of that time on the website and I've had pictures of people relaxing in Rosarita, Mexico, <laughs> in the mountains, at Tahoe, just or lounging by the right. pool somewhere like, I don't know, the Arizona Biltmore. Right. <laughs> so this must also have medical disability related consequences too because you could have an employee who asks for an accommodation or claims that they have a disability but is on social media where in situations where you might think they clearly don't yes and again what's in the public domain is fair game so if employees are not thinking and they're putting this stuff out there and they get quote caught mm -hmm. uh, you may take as an employer whatever action, you know, for example, if they, if they misrepresented the fact that they were sick and you find out later that they're not, you can take adverse action against them. But we have to be careful. Um, so, if, for example, if somebody uh, uh, is um, out there at one of the, the protests or something like that that's been going on um, and now 
with the Supreme Court issue, we're having right. all the uh, pro and con abortion um, protests going on. You know, if you find an employee uh, that's posted uh, information about their activities like that, well, political activity is protected in California. Mm -hmm. And again, that's legal off-duty conduct. Now, you may disagree with whatever position they're taking, on the um, on the issue, but you cannot then turn around and say, "I don't like where you stand." And is it the same for private employers versus public employers? Public employers are we 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 could spend a whole day talking about them because they have different rules, right? Because they're covered by by the federal, in many cases, federal constitution or other provisions of of uh, the state and federal law, right? So okay. So tell me a little bit more. Let's talk about the GPS and um, not just on the car. You can track anybody's phone anywhere it goes. Right. So what are the limits on can an employer ask their employees to have an app that lets them track their phones if it's mm -hmm. for the employee's own phone versus maybe it's an employer-provided device? Well, let's let's break that down into two two areas. Because one, let's talk about employer provided advice, devices, and then we'll talk about the personal right. devices. But um, even with the California constitutional right to privacy, employers, private employers, have the absolute right to monitor access and um, and um, uh, uh, um, deal with uh, uh, employee activity on company devices. So many employers have, um, have, uh, uh, have it set up so that employees cannot access certain websites, you know, but some, a lot of employers don't. Uh, but if you find that, for example, somebody is just not getting their stuff done on time and, uh, and you uh, want to know what they're up to, most companies, just because the technology is almost automatic now, uh, have records of what websites employees go to uh, when they're on company on the company network, and so you can look at that that sort of thing. You can look at an employee's email. In fact, it, you have to have a policy first and foremost that says that the employees have no expectation of privacy in the use of these company-provided resources. But having said that, sometimes is not enough. And I do uh, suggest to employers that every now and then they need to do a little audit of employee emails, because if there is activity going on out there that, that shouldn't be, we need to start taking action. Because if we, don't, if we have that policy and we don't do anything with it, eventually it doesn't become a, it's not a policy anymore. So on company provided equipment, company vehicles, company computers, company phones, um, the employer can track uh, uh, can, track the, can track the activity and monitor the activity. Now, with the caveat there, uh, um, a lot of employers do have, you know, I'm using my personal mm -hmm. phone, but I have the Ogletree Deacons network right. on here. Right. Uh, and if there was a tracking part of that, you know, um, because employees have been using apps now to do their COVID stuff and things like that. Sure. So if there is a tracking part of that, when I am not working anymore, um, like when my day is over, if it's ever over. Uh, <laughs> it's 24-7. <laughs> sometimes, as you, as you know well, when the day is over, that tracking has to stop. Right. That tracking has to stop. Now, um, for personal devices, 
For many years now, employers have been implementing BYOD, bring your own device to work policies. And uh, um, as part of that, you're allowing the employee to use their own equipment, but you're retaining the right to monitor um, and, um, and access the work part of those devices. Right. And again, you have to specifically set this forth. If you're going to have employees use their personal devices and you're going to be able to, and they're going to be on your network and you're going to be able to see what they do, where they go, that sort of thing, you have a BYOD or an electronic media policy right. or a remote work policy that lays out, you know, the fact that the employee has no expectation in the use of their own equipment for business reasons. They still have their privacy rights for their personal stuff, but for business reasons, you have to take away that that privacy right with their consent by signing that agreement. And Betsy, would you say a lot of this is because, I mean, we are talking about employee privacy, but on the other hand, employers, in some cases, they have an obligation to protect their trade secrets, proprietary information, or employees' own um, information that they have, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier. So it's not its also not just a matter of employee privacy, right? It's also motivated somewhat because employers have to protect their information. Absolutely. And that's a great point. And we could spend another podcast talking right. about how to protect and, uh, and implement restrictive covenants, which is very difficult to do in California because we have even more rules about right. that uh, uh, out in California. But um, no, employers still have the right to protect their confidential proprietary and trade secret information. And the way they do that is through non-disclosure mm-hmm. and trade secret agreements. Um, and they are certainly allowed to uh, prevent employees from competing against them while they're employed right. by the employer. So we're not, we're not um, you know, none of this is, is designed to take away the employer's right to, you know, to protect very, very valuable information. Right. So that's still certainly in place. So, Betsy, can you tell me a little bit about another California law, the California Confidentiality of Medical Information Act? Okay, so we briefly mentioned that at the beginning. Um, the, the, the Confidentiality of Medical Information Act is not HIPAA. It's not has nothing to do with federal HIPAA or any of that sort of thing. California law simply says that when employers become, uh, when they come into possession or they access or employees provide them with uh, personal medical information, we have an obligation under the law to keep that confidential and to protect that information uh, on behalf of the employee. Now, the best way to do that is to keep that information totally separate from the personnel information. A separate file, so to speak, completely. Correct. Now, uh, yes, and a lot of employers have what, you know, they have tabs or, or on, they're doing a lot of it electronically Digital, now. Right. Um, they have tabs that say personnel file, medical file, uh, some cases workers' comp file, and maybe even harassment investigation <laughs> file, right. you know. Those are all separate yeah. tabs. Now, from uh, I do a lot of litigation. Now, just because you put them in separate tabs, if there's ever discovery that has to be done in a lawsuit, the other side is going to have access to all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But while you're um, while you're in, in the day to day, 
uh, only those people who need to know within your organization should have access to that information. And by what I mean by need to know, the supervisor does not need to look at someone's um, medical file. Even if the supervisor received a doctor's note from the employee so they have an idea of what's going on, they don't get to go to HR and say, hey, what's really going on? Or let me see the doctor's report or whatever it is. No, those are not the people who need to know. The people who need to know are HR, not everybody in HR, you know, but HR to a limited extent payroll because they have to code properly what 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 is going in there. Certainly um, not everybody in senior management, but legal might need to have access to that information. This is all very interesting because often supervisors think that they're going to be the final decision maker in some respect. And here are situations in which they don't have all the information and they shouldn't possibly have all the information. So that's where HR, and, and I, I have to shout out to all the HR professionals who really went above and beyond during the pandemic. I mean, all their work, many of their workforces went virtual overnight. Right. Um, and uh, there's been all kinds of stuff. But HR and the supervisors have to work very closely together when you're dealing with um, uh, leaves of absence and reasonable accommodation. So the supervisor is going to be the person who provides the information to HR about what the job entails. HR is not going to say, well, this person has, you know, um, uh, depression and anxiety. uh, And so, you know, uh, what are we going to do about that? No, HR is going to talk to the supervisor and say, what what are the day-to-day job duties? And is there a way that we can modify those to make an accommodation without ever disclosing the underlying medical mm-hmm. information. It makes a lot of sense. So are there any other California employee privacy issues that employers should have top of mind? Are there any other things that we haven't touched upon? Well, uh, you know, uh, I'll mention a couple of things just generally because um, they, they could easily be topics of other podcasts because it takes right. a long time. But of course you have your, um, the, your background checks, which right. include criminal information and stuff like that. There's lots of restrictions on that. Um, but a, one thing I do want to mention here is that um, California has some pretty uh, uh, strict rules about uh, drug testing for applicants and employees. And um, I still, you know, have, uh, I'm still reviewing policies for employers who are nationwide and they're just using their nationwide handbook or something in California that provides for all kinds of testing, including drug testing, alcohol testing of current employees, including random and post-accident testing. So I just want to mention briefly in California, you still have the absolute right to do pre-employment drug tests. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the question always comes up, what about marijuana? Right. And I think we're doing a whole, (laughs) I think we're doing a whole section on that at Workplace Strategies. So what about marijuana? A lot of clients are taking marijuana off the prohibited list because it's while it's legal in California, it is still illegal under federal law. But because of our staffing shortages and the, you know, and the, the I mean, I can walk down, issues. I mean, I walk down the street in Los Angeles and every day somebody's going to pass me and they're vaping right. marijuana, yeah. you know, so they uh, are taking it off the, mm-hmm. for pre-employment. But if you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine because 
even though people, we protect med, the use of medical marijuana in California through the Compassionate Use Act, right. uh, it is still unlawful under federal law. And if you say, I, I'm not going to hire somebody who tests positive for any substances that are um, unlawful under federal law, you can reject somebody, even if they have a marijuana card. Interesting. For now. Right. I mean, there's every year we get in the legislature, mm -hmm. want to pass a law that puts marijuana, uh, medical marijuana users as a protected category. And so far, um, they've not been able to do it, but I predict in the next year or so it's going right. to be the case. So we've talked about a lot of things, and, and for an employer dealing with privacy issues and wanting to make sure that they're in compliance, what are some key takeaways? You know, we've talked about, we have consent, we have policies, what it's, what's like a top few things that we should be thinking about? First and foremost, written policies. Mm -hmm. um, especially true in California. Uh, you have to have it written down because the employees have to receive adequate notice of what you're going to do. What are you going to monitor? What are you going to access? How are you going to use information? I haven't even mentioned the California Privacy Act uh, because that again is, is a whole, you know, sure. another, another thing. But um, you have to have the written policies so that the employees know what the rules are. And, and I'm, I'm sure you would say you have to keep an eye on these and update them because, I, you know, I, I remember when nobody was using these phones <laughs> at one point and then all of a sudden we are checking work emails right. on it. So as technology advances, right. you're going to want to make sure that your policies are updated and, uh, or they're broad enough that they cover every contingency. <laughs> well, yeah. And, I, you know, it's so funny you say that because I, now and then when I review handbooks, uh, I will still see in the, um, in the social media, and again, you have to have policies for social media, right. for use of electronic equipment, BYOD policies and agreements, but I still see in the uh, social media policies, uh, when they mention the social media platforms, they talk about MySpace. Right, I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> and, the, and there are some, you know, a, a junior, I'll use the word junior employees, who've never heard of MySpace. Yeah, yeah, but it was a big deal. It was a big deal for <laughs> right? us. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that employer thought that they were cutting edge when they put that in Absolutely. their policy. They were right on. Yeah, so now, though, they're getting, they're getting smart, but they still haven't taken MySpace out of it's the really policy. Funny. It's really funny. Yeah. So um, thank you, Betsy, for all those great tips. And thank you for being with us today and talking to us about employee privacy issues in California. And we hope you have enjoyed this podcast and hope you join us again. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.